Good evening, this is Caleb Arnd with the Walk with God podcast and YouTube channel. Tonight is Saturday, June 6, 2020, and we're going to be reading from Psalm 124, 1 Kings chapter 1, starting the next book of the Bible in the Old, uh, Old Testament, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 24, and then Acts chapter 4 as well. But before we get started, let's open in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord God, for your word and for your truth. Thank you for everything that you have shown us so far this year. Thank you for uh, everything that you are constantly doing every single day to show us that you love us, to bless us with everything that we need to continue life on this earth that you have created. And Lord, I pray that you would help us. Please uh, take the, the scales from our eyes. Help us to see the wonderful things, the wondrous things that you have created, both the stars and the sky, the universe and the total expanse that it is, and even the fact that as large and as uh, seemingly infinite as it is that it cannot hold you it's not fit even to and large enough for you to inhabit it that the world and the universe cannot lord please bless us and help us to see your marvelous creation on earth and the intricate design and the complexity that is just so minute in, in uh, size but uh, so astoundingly large in detail in every single area of life lord i pray that you would help us to uh, help us to see you in everything that we see and in everything that we do. Help us all to glorify you in all that we do, Lord. We pray that you would open our minds and our hearts to receive the instruction from your word today. Well, I pray that you would help us to learn wisdom from your Proverbs. Please give us wisdom, Lord. Uh, and we know that since you have promised that you would give wisdom to those that ask, we ask now, Lord. Please help us to know your will. Help us to know your principles and your purposes. Help us to apply those to our lives and help us to live well this life that you have given us. Help us to turn to you as our Lord and as our Savior and help others to trust in you and spread your gospel. Lord, we pray for laborers to be sent into the world to spread your gospel just as we were reading that Peter and John began to yesterday. And I pray, Father, that also that you would Turn the hearts of our countrymen, of all the people of America, to believe in your word, to trust in you, to long and to yearn for a relationship with you, God, and to seek after your face and to seek for that door of salvation that is Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that you would revive our country again. Help us to go out and spread your gospel and see souls saved and lives transformed. I pray that you would give peace to our nation. I pray that you would give peace to Jerusalem. Jerusalem, that you would protect it and keep it safe. And I pray, Lord, that you would, that your gospel would continue to go out in all the world, that the Great Commission would be fulfilled, that people would be saved from a very horrible hell, that uh, we could see more and more people in heaven and growing in you, Lord, and in faith in you to know your word and your will. We pray all this in Jesus' name. And we also pray, Lord, yes, for healing for Scarlett and for Joel and for Joe Blevins, for uh, Brother Ken in New York. We pray for uh, the leading and guidance of your your mind and your communication to Tina Wright and to her daughters, Victoria and Julia, to help them to know what they are to do and to go to the place that you want them to do and to uh, graduate from their schooling as they uh, want to. Please continue to heal Miss Carmela Kaltenberger and uh, brother, uh, Grandpa uh, Napuanoa and Grandpa Delano as well. Please heal them. Please give comfort to the Moore family for the loss of their uh, their mother and grandmother and 
Let your will be done, Lord God. Please comfort the families. Please uh, inspire us and revive us again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, turning to Psalm 124, we're going to read a song of degrees of David. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us, then they had swallowed us up quick, when their wrath was kindled against us, then the waters had overwhelmed us, the stream had gone over our soul, then the proud waters had gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord who hath not given us as a prey to their teeth. Our soul is escaped out as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken, and we are escaped. Our help is is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. And this is a, a psalm of praise of the Lord and a declaration of what God has done for David and for the people of Israel. But specifically, David is, I think, remembering some of his own personal experiences where God has saved him out of many times that he was about to be handed over to his enemies, whether it was the time with the Philistines and the king of the Philistines, King Achish, uh, out of Gath, and when he would have had to go and even fight David against his own countrymen, but they delivered him and they told him to go away and he would not be allowed to fight with them. Or the time when Saul was seeking for David's life and he came into a cave and relieved himself in there and he was delivered into the hand of David and he did not find David in the cave, but David went out to him or the time that Saul was pursuing them around one side of a mountain and that David was surrounded then by all of the men of Saul, but then they were called away to go and fight the Philistines and David and his men escaped. David had many times escaped because of the deliverance of the Lord just at the right perfect time. And we can trust in that same Lord God. He is still strong and mighty to save, just as he saved David as well. But now, turning to the book of Kings, this is uh, commonly called the third book of Kings, it says. And so, before the books of First and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings were grouped into one large book called the Kingdoms by the Alexandrian Jews for a little while. But then when the Latin Vulgate was being created by Jerome, he used the traditional Hebrew Bible names for these books, which were Samuel and Kings, and divided them into the four different sections of the books of the Kings, the first Samuel being about the reign of Saul, and then the second Samuel about the reign of David, and now first Kings about the reign of Saul. Solomon. And first and second kings are from the reign then of David and death, death of David and the reign of Solomon all the way to the fall of the Jewish monarchy and the exile of the nation of Israel and their people to either Assyria or to Babylon, the southern kingdom being exiled to the nation of Babylon under King Nebuchadnezzar in approximately 587 AD. This is the book that we are starting today, and we're starting with chapter 1, which we're, we see the decline of the King David. Now King David was old and stricken in years, and they covered him with clothes, but he gat no heat. Wherefore his servant said unto him, Let there be sought for my lord the king a young virgin, and let her stand before the king, and let her cherish him, and let her lie in thy bosom, that my lord the king may get heat. So they sought for a fair damsel throughout all the coasts of Israel, and found Abishag, a Shunammite, and brought her to the king. And the damsel was very fair, and cherished the king, and ministered to him, but the king knew her not. Then Adonijah, the son of Haggith, exalted himself, saying, I will be king. And he prepared him chariots and horsemen, and fifty men to run before him. 
And his father had not displeased him at any time, in saying, Why hast thou done so? And he also was a very goodly man, and his mother bare him after Absalom. And he confirmed with Joab the son of Zeruiah, and with Abiathar the priest, and they following Adonijah helped him. But Zadok the priest, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and Nathan the prophet, and Shimei, and Rei, and the mighty men which belonged to David were not with Adonijah. And Adonijah slew sheep and oxen and fat cattle by the stone at Zoheleth, which is by Enrogel, and called all his brethren, the king's sons, and all the men of Judah the king's servants. But Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah, and the mighty men, and Solomon his brother, he called not. Wherefore Nathan spake unto Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, saying, Hast thou not heard that Adonijah the son of Haggath doth reign, and David our Lord knoweth it not? Now therefore come, let me, I pray thee, give thee counsel, that thou mayest save thine own life, and the life of thy son Solomon. Go, and get thee in unto king David, and say unto him, Didst not thou, my lord, O king, swear unto thine handmaid, saying, Assuredly Solomon thy son shall reign after me, and he shall sit upon my throne? Why then doth Adonijah reign? Behold, while thou yet talkest there with the king, I also will come in after thee, and confirm thy words. And Bathsheba went in unto the king into the chamber, and the king was very old, and Abishag the Shunammite ministered unto the king. And Bathsheba bowed, and did obeisance unto the king. And the king said, What wouldest thou? And she said unto him, My lord, thou swearest by the Lord thy God unto thine handmaid, saying, Assuredly Solomon thy son shall reign after me, and he shall sit upon my throne. And now, behold, Adonijah reigneth, and now, my lord the king, thou knowest it not. And he hath slain oxen, and fat cattle, and sheep in abundance, and hath called all the sons of the king, and Abiathar the priest, and Joab the captain of the host. But Solomon thy servant hath he not called. And thou, my lord, O king, the eyes of all Israel are upon thee, that thou shouldest tell them who shall sit on the throne of my lord the king after him. Otherwise it shall come to pass, when my lord the king shall sleep with his fathers, that I and my son Solomon shall be counted offenders. And lo, while she yet talked with the king, Nathan the prophet also came in. And they told the king, saying, Behold, Nathan the prophet. And when he was come in before the king, he bowed himself before the king with his face to the ground. And Nathan said, My lord, O king, hast thou said, Adonijah shall reign after me, and he shall sit upon my throne? For he is gone down this day and hath slain oxen, and fat cattle, and sheep in abundance, and hath called all the king's sons, and the captains of the host, and Abiathar the priest, and behold, they eat and drink before him, and say, God save king Adonijah. But me, even me, thy servant, and Zadok the priest, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and thy servant Solomon, hath he not called? Is this thing done by my lord the king, and thou hast not showed it unto thy servant, who should sit on the throne of my lord the king after him? Then king David answered and said, Call me Bathsheba. And she came into the king's presence and stood before the king. And the king sware and said, As the Lord liveth, that hath redeemed my soul out of all distress, even as I swear unto thee by the Lord God of Israel, saying, Assuredly Solomon thy, thy son shall reign after me, and he shall sit upon my throne in my stead, even so will I certainly do this day. Then Bathsheba bowed with her face to the ground, and did reverence to the king, and said, Let my lord King David live forever. And King David said, Call me Zadok the priest, and Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada. And they came before the king. And the king also said unto them, Take with you the servants of your lord, and cause Solomon my son to ride upon mine own mule, and bring him down to Gihon. 
And that let Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet anoint him there king over Israel, and blow ye with the trumpet, and say, God save King Solomon. Then ye shall come up after him, that he may come and sit upon my throne, for he shall be king in my stead, and I have appointed him to be ruler over Israel and over Judah. And Benaiah the son of Jehoiada answered the king, and said, Amen, the Lord God of my lord the king say so too. As the Lord hath been with my lord the king, even so be he with Solomon, and make his throne greater than the throne of my lord king David. So Zadok the priest, and Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and the Cherethites and the Pelethites went down, and caused Solomon to ride upon king David's mule, and brought him to Gihon. And Zadok the priest took an horn of oil out of the tabernacle, and anointed Solomon, and they blew the trumpet, and all the people said, God save King Solomon, and all the people came up after him, and the people piped with pipes, and rejoiced with great joy, so that the earth rent with the sound of them. And Adonijah and all the guests that were with him heard it as they had made an end of eating. And when Joab heard the sound of the trumpet, he said, Wherefore is this noise of the city being in an uproar? And while he yet spake, behold, Jonathan, the son of Abiathar the priest, came, and Adonijah said unto him, Come in, for thou art a valiant man, and bringest good tidings. And Jonathan answered and said to Adonijah, Verily our lord king David hath made Solomon king, and the king hath sent with him Zadok the priest, and Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and the Cherethites, and the Pelethites, and they have caused him to ride upon the king's mule. And Zadok the priest, and Nathan the prophet, have anointed him king in Gion, and they are coming up from thence rejoicing, so that the city rang again. This is the the noise that ye have heard. And also Solomon sitteth on the throne of the kingdom. And moreover the king's servants came to bless our lord king David, saying, God make the name of Solomon better than thy name, and make his throne greater than thy throne. And the king bowed himself upon the bed. And also thus said the king, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, which hath given one to sit on my throne this day, mine eyes even seeing it. And all the guests that were with Adonijah were afraid, and rose up, and went every man his way. And Adonijah feared because of Solomon, and arose, and went, and caught hold on the horns of the altar. And it was told Solomon, saying, Behold, Adonijah feareth King Solomon, for lo, he hath caught hold on the horns of the altar, saying, Let King Solomon swear unto me today that he will not slay his servant with the sword. And Solomon said, If he will show himself a worthy man, there shall not an hair of him fall to the earth. But if wickedness shall be found in him, he shall die. So King Solomon sent, and they brought him down from the altar. And he came and bowed himself to King Solomon. And Solomon said unto him, Go to thine house. So in 1 Kings chapter 1, we have David, and he is getting much, much older in years to the point where he cannot even keep himself warm anymore. He doesn't have, uh, his body is not producing enough body heat, and so his servants find him a young woman, a, a maiden who is a virgin and has never been married, and uh, bring them and she marries and becomes one of uh, King David's concubines, or one of his wives, and she is in essence considered married to King David, not because they know one another, or in the biblical sense, but because she is laying in his bosom, and she's keeping, uh, giving him her body heat to keep him warm, and that is why they are married then, because they will be sharing the same marriage bed, 
and so that's why David marries her, so that she is also provided for. Now, Adonijah seeks to make himself king, and so he joins himself to Abiathar the priest, and he joins himself to Joab, the captain of the host of all of Israel, and with their support, he calls all of his brethren, except for Solomon, his brother, and he offers sacrifices to the Lord, and they has all of these men and all of his supporters claim and say, God save King Adonijah. Now, word is brought by Bathsheba and by Nathan the prophet unto King David that his son Adonijah had done this thing, but wasn't he, didn't he, King David, say that Solomon was the one who was going to reign in his stead? And they say that if he does nothing, if he allows this to continue and then he dies, then it will cost the life of his son and of his wife Bathsheba. And so David says, this will not be done. We'll make Solomon king today. And so he gets Nathan, and he gets uh, Zadok, the priest, and he gets Benaiah, the captain of his guard, and he uh, takes the, the 30 mighty, mighty men, and the Cherethites, and the Pelethites, all of David's guards, all of David's men, and they go, and they uh, offer sacrifices in Gion, and they anoint Solomon king there, and they say, God save the king. Then they place Solomon on David's own mule. This is very uh, key, symbolic, and important, because no other man would be riding on the king's mule, and so only the king would be allowed to ride on his steed, and now we see that Solomon Solomon, as king, is taking the place of David his father by riding on his steed and riding on his mule, then coming back to the kingdom, and then sitting upon his throne that only the king was allowed to sit upon. And David uh, then places Solomon as king over Israel and over Judah. And this is important as well for another point of view, because he's king over all of Israel, which include all the twelve tribes of Israel, including the two half tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh, all of Israel, from Dan and the northernmost portion all the way to Beersheba and the southernmost portion. But he's also the leader and the ruler over Judah, which is the clan, the tribe of Judah, and which is David's tribe. And so he's not only the leader and the ruler over all of Israel, but he's the leader and the ruler also of the tribe of Judah as well. Now, as they've come into the city and as Solomon takes his place on the throne of King David as king of Israel, we see that there is such a great celebration and noise and piping and, and such uh, much shouting and cheering and noise that it's heard from the place where Adonijah and all of his uh, supporters had been celebrating his uh, throne and his reign as king. And they hear this, and then Jonathan, the son of Abiar, the third of the priest, comes and brings them word that Solomon is anointed king in Israel and sits on the throne. And then every man leaves and he flees because he's afraid because, because this could mean death to Adonijah and to death to all of those that supported him. And so Adonijah, he runs and he grabs hold of the horns of the altar in the tabernacle and in the, the areas surrounding the tabernacle, and he's afraid for his life. But Solomon sends word unto him that if he does right and he does well, and there's no guile and no mischief in him, no evil in him, he will not die. But if there is wickedness or evil found in him, he will die. And so he brings Adonijah, and he, Adonijah submits himself unto King Solomon, his brother, his half-brother now, and bowed himself to King Solomon. Solomon, and Solomon said unto him, Go to thine 
house. And so he's allowing him to continue on in his life like nothing had happened unless he does something wicked or evil or uh, does a power grab towards the throne. And we will see that tomorrow. Now, turning to the book of Proverbs, we're going to read from chapter 16, verse 24. And it says, Pleasant words are as an honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. And we see that as pleasant words are an encouragement. They are good to the ears of those that receive them. It says they are as a honeycomb. They have the great nutritious value of honey and of the comb and of that which is produced by the bees. They are sweet to the soul. They help a person from the inside, from their emotions and for the mind and their thoughts from the inside out and even health to the bones because that mind attitude and that emotional heart attitude that's going on on the inside, it does come out in physical effects. And so if somebody is gloomy all the time and negative and depressed, uh, number one, they're going to have a bad outlook on life, which is not going to help them in having confidence or help them in, in taking risks or taking some, even some opportunities, even if they're good opportunities, they'll think that I'll just never be uh, able to accomplish this. I'll never be able to match and meet up to the responsibilities. And so I'm not even going to take a chance. And so they're not going to go for as much and not uh, bring in as much benefit or reward then in their life, but also to the physical side of even their bones. They might not eat as good enough. They might they might not take care of their body. They might not exercise and get out enough. And so good encouragement, good words and pleasant words, those that are loving and kind and lift up other people can have a direct consequence and direct result in having a healthy life as well. And so that's so important, especially in a mother, father, and child relationship. That child needs to know that you love them, that you are, believe in them, and that you believe that they can do what they uh, have set some of their mind and their heart on, and that you support them and that their parents are behind them as well. Now, turning to the book of Acts, we're going to read from chapter 4 tonight, and it says, and as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, and being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold unto the next day, for it was now eventide. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about five thousand. And it came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes and Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or, or by what name have ye done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which is become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled, and they took knowledge of them, 
that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle hath been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them, that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. And they called them, and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered, and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them, because of the people, for all men glorify. God for that which was done. For the man was above forty years old on whom this miracle of healing was showed. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which hast made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is, who by the mouth of thy servant David hast said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers have, were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together, for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word, by stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul, neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them, and brought the prices of the things that were sold, and laid them down at the apostles' feet, and distributed was made unto every man according as he had need. And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite, and of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it, and brought the money, and laid it at the apostles' feet. So here in Acts chapter 4, we see that Peter and John are taken by the Sanhedrin, and by the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees, and they're taken by these leaders of the religious organizations these leaders of the people and the judges of the people and they put them in hold and in bars or in chains or in these cells until the next day that they can bring them forth and to judge them then because as we had noted earlier in uh, some of these earlier podcasts it was not legal for them to have a trial by night and it was just getting even and even tied here so they put them in hold until they can have a legal trial during the daytime the next day and when they do come before them they ask them 
to speak for themselves and to tell them why or by what power or what name or what authority that they had healed this man or that they were doing or teaching these things. And Peter, he speaks up and he tells them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. And this is such an important uh, pre uh, preaching and prophesying point. This is the first time since Jesus' death that the leaders of Israel were confronted with their crucifixion of Jesus and confronted with him being the Messiah and him being the fulfillment of prophecy. And we know that he was the fulfillment of prophecy. Uh, Peter is here saying, this is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Jesus Christ is that head cornerstone. He is the strong and sure foundation upon which all of the rest of the stones, all the rest of the buildings, all the rest of the works rest. He is that strong and sure foundation as was prophesied in Psalm 118 verse 22 that it would be rejected by the very builders. It would be rejected by the ones that were supposed to be in charge of helping to build and lay the foundation and the works upon which all of the rest would be built upon that foundation. And this is uh, the leaders, the elders of Israel, they were the builders that had rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. They had rejected the foundation even of their very faith. They had rejected their Messiah. They had rejected the Son of God. And Peter here is proclaiming that neither is there salvation in any other. There's no other way to be saved. It's only through Jesus Christ, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That must, that is an imperative. That is something that cannot be altered, cannot be changed. It cannot be replaced. You cannot place anything else or anyone else in the position of Jesus Christ as the Messiah and the Savior. He is the only one who can save, and he is the one who we must come through to be saved. And they saw this boldness of preaching by Peter, and they saw that they were unlearned. They were ignorant. They had not gone through any of their official schools. They did not have any of their official bachelor's degrees or master's or PhD degrees. They didn't recognize their authority, but they knew that they had been with Jesus and Jesus had taught them. So their first thoughts as leaders were probably, we could reject the words of these men, but we cannot reject the miracle that they have done. And they made note that this miracle was known not just by them, but it was known now through all Jerusalem. Everyone knew that Peter and John had performed a miracle that confirmed by the Spirit's miraculous power, by God's miraculous power, that their words were true. None of the leaders, none of the other people that were in the religious elite or religious positions of authority or power could do any of these miracles. None of their words were being confirmed, but Peter and John, unlearned men, their words were being confirmed because they were preaching Jesus Christ and him crucified, resurrected, and ascended, and sitting on the right-hand throne of God, and he being the Messiah that people must be saved by.
It also makes special note that this was not a young man. This was not some nobody that nobody knew that he could have just been faking or acting. This was a man that was 40 years old that had been for 40 years impotent or lame on his feet and could not walk for 40 years. People knew him for these full 40 years and gotten to had gotten to know him sitting at that gate every single day as they're coming to the temple. And then when he suddenly miraculously can walk again, everybody recognizes that this was the man that could not walk that now miraculously can. Now this is the first persecution of the Christian church. They were ordered not to preach in the name of Jesus. They were ordered not to do these things anymore, but they still let them go because they did not find anything that they could punish them for, and so they let them and released them. They let them go back, and the apostles go back, and they rejoice with the rest of the believers because they were given the opportunity to preach in the temple. 5,000 people believed and got saved on the Lord Jesus Christ, and then they were able to preach even to the leaders of the religious institutions and the elders and tell them how they could trust on the Lord, even though they persecuted them and told them and commanded them not to preach anymore. But they didn't listen to that. It's better to listen to God than to man. When God has given us a specific commandment, like the Great Commission, to go you into all the world, to go to Jerusalem, then to Judea, then to Samaria, then all the world, we are to listen and follow and obey God's commands, not man's. Uh, now, when man gives, and there's a position of authority that he gives a command that is a lawful command, that like, do not kill, do not murder, do not steal, do not uh, bear false witness in a court of law, and don't lie. Those things are good commands that God has already commanded us to do, and we are to follow that. Uh, we see later in the book of Romans that those that are put in positions of power and authority are for our uh, protection and for the punishment of evildoers. And so we are to take heed and we, to, we are to respect those positions of authority. But when they uh, command us to disobey God, that is when we are to obey God rather than man. The apostles hold a prayer meeting after this with all the believers and they pray and they're asking for the Lord for his truth to go out into all the land, for uh, for him to give them boldness, to grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. And so God answers their prayers immediately here because there's no written, Christian Bible, there's no written word to go and proclaim the name of Jesus, and so God is authorizing their, his messengers, he's filling them with the power of the Holy Spirit, such that the very earth was shaking, it says here, and they're filled with boldness and courage to go and proclaim the name of Jesus throughout all of their cities, and we see that this had a great effect that um, the multitude of them believed with, were of one heart. They had great unity, and they had great provision. They made sure that everything that they had was being either sold or used to meet the needs of all of them so that they could not have to worry about the things that they needed for their daily lives, but they, were, they could completely and focus fully on prayer and on fasting and on preaching the word of God to see souls saved, fulfilling that great commission. Even Barnabas we see, who was uh, named Joseph, but was surnamed Barnabas, 
is specifically noted here as having a bunch of land, so selling all of it and bringing the money to the apostles and giving it to the cause of missions and to the cause of missions and of providing for the needs of all the believers and for the kingdom of God. And we see that Barnabas, he will be used in a great way to bring people to the Lord and to help train up Paul and to send him and to call him to different regions around the world to see many churches planted in the Gentile nations. Friend, thank you for studying the Word of God with me today. I truly hope it has been a blessing to you. I hope that you have trusted on the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and are growing in His Word. If you have any praises or prayer requests or questions, please send them to me. I would love to hear from them and to pray with you for them at wwgcaleb at gmail.com. That's wwgcaleb at gmail.com. Thanks once again for listening. We'll see you tomorrow for the next Walk with God podcast.